Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. I Not knew you were laughing at Michael Penix. That was yeah, no, it's, it's definitely Penix. I've heard it pronounced now. a couple it of different not, ways. It is, it's Wes. Come and on. And you dry your bahuni and you dry like other. <laughs> what is he drying? Bahuni. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to start using that for oh. sure. And Walker. I can think of Joey Bats and Roughnet Odor. We know the punches were thrown there. What did I say? You want to say that first name again, bud? Roughnet is not his it's name. It's Runed Odor. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you also said Willie Stargle. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Willie Stargle. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm trying to get my Wes Bryant on. You got it, Fitty. Yeah. Get my Wes Bryant on. Man, I just saw him drop a video. He seems like he's having the greatest time in the world covering college sports. You know how it is with Wes. Anytime he gets to go cover a game sideline or in the booth for the first time, he's going to be lit. Dude, he's going to be talking down to us like a bunch of peasant farmers on the radio when he comes back on Monday. Oh, I'm not going to be able to get his attention ever again. <laughs> You, you don't you don't think Florida State can win? No, I know because I called a game. Get out of my face. That's what he's going to tell me. Yeah, I'll have to literally flash him during the fitty flash for him to look back this way ever again. That doesn't seem like you should do that. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Nada. Speaking of, you know, just questionable behavior from you, Fitty. You talked a lot on that phone line with Nada before he hopped on. And the longer you talk, as, as soon as you break away from the normal blueprint of welcoming guests... Hey, you know, this is Fiddy, you know, with WFNZ. Do you want to hop on and talk with my guys, Wes and Walker? Anything that breaks away from that blueprint, I get scared. So let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Welcome Nada Edwards from the Ion College Basketball Podcast, the producer of such podcasts. Was Fiddy harassing you, Nada? Was he being annoying? Is everything okay with you guys? Why would you assume that, like, He's harassing me. Maybe I was just giving him the business about Carolina not playing anybody so I, far. I should only seen Radford. That. Like, why, why? Why would you assume that it's like maybe Fitty was the victim? Maybe you should be showing Fitty more grace here, but apparently not. <laughs> apparently, you learned nothing from me, Walker. I, I, I'm ashamed of not only you but myself at this point. Go ahead and call me. It. Go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and tell me what I am. Uncultured. Savage. All right, there you go. For everybody this that man, wanted man, again, mm-hmm. you 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 were the only one to talk yourself out of Jordans on your own birthday. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they were Jay Balvin's too, Nada. They were the threes. They were the sunsets. Do you really want me to yell at you more? <sighs> no, I don't. I already yelled at myself in the mirror the last three mornings. It's Wesson Walker. You should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcoming. I don't know how much we're welcoming, but Nada Edwards is joining us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Let's continue the Carolina conversation because. I think you texted in. We were discussing Virginia. They moved to four and zero after a defensive, a hell of a defensive performance last night. We've seen them uh, continue an impressive performance to start the year. We were just talking about who would be the top three in the ACC, Nada, and you don't think North Carolina is going to be that team at least at the beginning of the season. 
How how so? Why is that? And, and have you seen anything from these last couple of games? Is there enough of a sample for for you to change your mind on? Oh, okay, you know what? I actually like what they're rolling out there. I I will say this: the Radford game changed my mind a little bit. Okay, I still think Miami's better. I still think Virginia, especially being so young and being as good as they are, are going to be a force. I think Duke is automatically better, but. It may, instead of a like a nice top three, it might be a fantastic four at the top. Like I do think that North Carolina is better. I, again, I did not factor Cormac Ryan being as good as he has been thus far. Harrison Ingram being who he is. Elliot Cadeau is eventually going to start. We all know that's going to happen. R.J. Davis is R.J. Davis, and Armando Baycott, flaws and all, is still one of the best big men in the country. And when college basketball you have a big man, you have a chance to win every single game at any given point at any night. Yeah, Harrison Ingram, too. I mean, that's the guy I've been talking about all offseason long. I'm just excited to see what it looks like against D1, um, you know, Power 5, ACC competition. I'm excited to see as North Carolina continues on. They have UC Riverside tonight, so not going to be Power yeah. 5, but I'm excited to see what they look like as we move forward. Now, you also texted me, I think it was at ACC tip-off. We opened up the show mm-hmm with Tony Bennett and you look down the list. It's a talented roster. They don't have as many guys coming back, but I think you and I both look at that roster and think, Oh wait, they got a ton of talent. Tony Bennett is a good coach. He gets guys that play that system so well, man, despite not being not uh, having a ton of familiar names, it looks like this team is going to be good. And Tony Bennett tried to play it down and you were like, man, Tony is playing this down way too much. He's trying to dodge the questions about how good his team is going to be. How good do you think Virginia is going to continue um, throughout the season after starting for now? Top two. I think it's them and it's Duke. I think this is probably, Walker, their most talented team since, I want to say, the title year. Like, I believe there are multiple late firsts, early seconds in this. Like, Reese Beekman is probably your ACC player of the year if it's not Kyle Filipowski at this point. I I do believe that this this team can score more. They're more athletic than they've typically been. I think defensively, they're not there, but they will get there because it's Tony Bennett and Virginia. This team, like, they're going to have a couple of tests. Again, they're going to go see Houston. They're going to see a whole bunch of other teams before ACC play. But from what I've seen, and I saw them in Spectrum Center against the uh, Gators, and they look pretty good despite the fact that Tony Bennett was yelling at Corey Alexander over review. And I, that was weird. It was really, so really weird. weird. What a weird story. That is, but other, other than that, like I really, really like this team. I think they're going to be better than people think. And at some point, they're going to end up being ranked top 15, top 10, quite easily and really, really soon, if I'm really honest. How worried should we be about Wake Forest starting their season one and two after their loss to Utah last night? Incredibly worried. Um, they like I love Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes needs to start scheduling harder. There needs to be more of these games where in, in the non-con where he can make a dent because at this point, you look at that non-con schedule and there's nobody of note. None of them, like Utah was their last shot at this. And if they beat Utah, they were going to get at least Houston to get to at least get a decent game where at worst you get a decent loss out of it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're looking at the non-con and we're talking about the tournament, like there's nothing left. It's all bare bones. And that's kind of on wake and 
them for not really scheduling anybody really tough. At some point, you got to start scheduling somebody no matter – again, I understand Jake LaRavia left. I understand Bobby Clinton left. All these guys keep leaving, but at some point, that's not going to have to matter. And you're just going to have to start scheduling people whether you like it or not. We'll talk about Duke quite a bit this season. I did want to ask you one question before we switch over and discuss some Charlotte Hornets topics. What stood out to you most so far to the start of Duke season? Caleb Foster. Because like early when or like early discussions, early preseason discussions I'd I'd had with some folks, everyone was telling me like McCain was ahead of Foster. And then Foster's come out against Michigan State looked really, really good. Again, in the back half of Arizona, looked pretty decently. Like, if Caleb Foster is going to be this dynamic freshman off the bench, that kind of changes a whole bunch of the calculus. And more importantly, if a guy like Sean Stewart can actually be physical, not foul, and still give you decent minutes, then they finally have a center when they go up against maybe the Tennessees of the world, the North Carolinas of the world, that, hey, maybe these guys can actually be competitive and they can not get out physical. And when the refs decide, decide to stop calling fouls, they can still play these games. Because right now, that's a fairly soft team. And if you can out-physical them, 99% of the time, you're probably going to win that game. That man can talk some round ball. Let's continue outside of college athletics. Let's go to the NBA. Let's discuss the Charlotte Hornets. Nada, they're off to a three and seven start. We'll get to a Miles Bridges question in just a moment. But before we get there, I did want to ask you what your thoughts on the three and seven start are. Like what stood out to you most watching the Hornets with this record? I, I feel bad judging this team without when they don't have like for most of this three and seven start, they have they've had what? six legitimate rotation guys, max. Like, we start doing the math on that. Guys keep falling off, and part of that is on Mitch for not getting another NBA-quality body in there. On the other point, when you're losing five rotation guys, expectations really kind of have to go out of the window. At the same point, I just go back to what Steve Clifford said post-game on Wednesday. Like, at some point, the numbers do lie, and you do have to be physical. And I know he was talking about a couple of dudes, Mark Williams being one of them mm-hmm. and Teo Maladone being the other. Like at some point you got to get in there and you got to be effective. And there's just not enough guys that haven't been effective. And this is why you're three and seven right now with an uphill climb. And even despite that Walker, I would tell you this, like we know Steve Clifford is going to have, again, Steve Clifford's team ever was going to run six to 10 off at some point, and they're going to give give a whole lot of people a whole bunch of hope. It's just, is it going to be too late for this to matter in the regular season for that to happen, though? One of the players that the Hornets have clearly counted on coming back this season, it's Miles Bridges. They have viewed yeah. this as an answer for a lot of their problems that they experienced last year. It's been... We're going to have better injury luck, which hasn't really been the case. If it has been better, it's only because last year was so bad. And Miles Bridges returning after having missed the entire season because of a felony domestic violence arrest. Here's what I want to ask you, Nada. It's a loaded question. You just take it wherever you want. How do you feel about Miles Bridges' return and where we stand right now? I'll answer it like this. I can recognize the man as a sociopath, but at the same point, I can recognize that he has had some collectively bargained rights that allow him to come back and play. I also recognize that the Hornets did not want to be Derrick Rose, and I know you're familiar with Mm -hmm. what I mean by Derrick Rose. But 
for those that don't understand, Derrick Rose went from the Bulls to the Knicks, had a situation where there was a civil trial involving sexual assault. When Derrick Rose eventually came back and played, all everything went away. It was deemed, quote-unquote, adversity. There was a really, really good chance that, despite what we think about Miles Bridges, that if he went somewhere else, all of this would have magically disappeared except for Charlotte, and we would be holding, and Charlotte would be holding the bag while Miles Bridges goes off and plays for the Lakers or something else, and would have been a dynamic score. And like, how could the team have let him go? So I completely understand all of that. And at the same time, as complicated as it sounds, I can understand why people, if it's very distasteful for, to them that he's in a Hornets uniform, want to stay away and are very angry at the team. You are much more than like you are more than to your right to have that. I just like if they believe if they think that he didn't do anything in October, then and they have they feel very comfortable and that's what they've said. Right, the exact words. Go yeah. ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. I just hope it doesn't and you don't end up looking foolish in February when this thing comes back up. Okay, let's end on a positive note, shall we? You talked about me talking myself out of a new pair of Jordans. Let's go nostalgia here. I know you love it so much, but maybe you'll like this one. What was the first pair of Jordans you ever received or the first one that you can remember buying yourself or were gifted as a kid wherever in your life? Give me those pair of Jordans. Sir, you were there for this. Oh, was was I? That was the all-star game. That was remember when the All Star was here and I bought those infrared. Oh, you got a late start too. I didn't realize yeah. that I was the only one late to the. I was not the only one late no. to the party. No, 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 no. A lot of this, like, you got to think about it. Me, you, we grew up. We'll say relatively, like, again, our parents weren't buying anything for us like that. Not so like Jordans. We have no. To, yeah, no, no, not like Jordans. But more importantly, like, we have again, we have to make up for lost time. So that's when I again, when that, when that All Star game showed up. That's when I bought them because it was the easiest pair to get. I still have them, even though, like, I may have stepped in gray, wet paint on one of the soles. Oh, no. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Say it ain't so hurt, not a... Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> um, it hurts you, you got, what What shoes did you get? You got, like, the Malik Monks or, or, or was the ones that he's wearing. It was like no, the, the Kobe's. The Kobe's. It's the Kobe Prokies. Yeah. yeah, the Hornets color Kobe's, which, again, shout out to Julian Council, who hates it whenever I wear those. Hate it. Oh, there are plenty of people that hate it. Yes, there were. You made a lot of Locked On Hornets listeners real angry when you purchased those Jordans or those shoes. Oh, uh, and you know what? And guess who got the last laugh? Because have, have you seen what they go for on StockX? Oh no, I haven't. What do they go for now? You want to tell they go us? For like five hundred, six hundred. All right, you win. Not a win. Yes, exactly. He's always winning, exactly. and he's winning by joining us. We're winning because he's on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll play this interview for you again um, on the website. You can go check it out, WFNZ.com. Nada, I appreciate it as always, my man. Thanks again, and Absolutely. have a great weekend. Absolutely. And don't let, again, don't take too much stuff from Wes. And more importantly, let Fiddy cook. Fiddy is a good man. <laughs> I hate that hashtag. Don't you make that a hashtag. You stop it. Get him off the line, Fitty. No more. Let Fitty cook. Why do I like it and hate it at the same time so much in extreme directions? I love it and hate it. Let's move on. Let's discuss the Carolina Panthers once more. Ranking Bryce Young compared to the other rookie QBs. Some execs had some things to say about this on Joe Person's athletic article. We talk about it on 92.7 FM. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Thanks to Hunter Bailey and Nada Edwards hopping on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Again, we put that interview on our website. We will, if we haven't done it already, WFNZ.com. Real easy to find. Just go to the website, then click on the Wesson Walker tab if you want to hear that interview again or in case you missed a little bit of it as you tuned in. The WFNZ 21st Annual Street Turkeys presented by Ram Pavement returns to the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse Wednesday, November 22nd, WFNZ Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina and Loaves and Fishes Friendship Trays join forces for a full day of gathering donations, turkeys, and canned goods gobble, gobble. to distribute holiday meals to families in need. Nice work out of you, Fitty. Can't make it on November 22nd? You can help right now if you can't. Text Street Turkeys. That's Street Turkeys. One word, no space. Street Turkeys. Hit it again. One more time. You got it for Street Turkeys? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> four, four, three, two, one. That's four, four, three, two, one. And make a monetary donation. It's the WFNZ 21st Annual Street Turkeys. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> presented by Ram Pavement and brought to you in part by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, TR Lying, and One Cloud. Gobble, gobble. All right. You can text in 704 570 <laughs> Trophy husband did so when Nada came up with a hashtag that I like and hate at the same time. What's Fitty cooking? It's it's let Fitty cook is the hashtag. Trophy husband asked, what's Fitty cooking? A McDouble. No, hell no. We just had this conversation yesterday, too. <laughs> Although you have cooked fast food burgers before. Right? I have. Were they better than the other fast food burgers you've ever had? Mm, or no. <laughs> Flounder is, is giving a big old thumbs down and disgusted by even me saying that. The, there were points in time, like if, if, if I was up front and people would ask, do they want to eat the Dairy Queen burger? I would persuade them to eat the chicken strips, get, <laughs> get something else. Because I know that I know how our burgers are cooked. I know the way that they, uh, the way that we cook them, um, and you don't want to eat them. I, I think I said on the air, I it's tough. The amount of leftover hamburgers I served at that Dairy Queen in Monroe, and I'll go ahead and just get the location because I don't care. Oh no, at, I, you know, we got. I mean, is should we be doing this? Like, I mean, I, okay. you know, look, there's, right. there's different management there now, so they can't come under fire. But the amount of leftover burgers I would serve the next day. Had to be in the hundreds. I, I mean, like word, word. Wow. Thank you, Flounder. You can hop on the mic here. Like, what? I mean, as somebody liar. else with dairy- okay, thousands. That's a liar. <laughs> no, hundreds now, millions. I mean, probably okay. like so. Honestly, you did have to serve probably about five or six that were reheated the next day, <laughs> which is not. Did you hold? Not ideal. Wait, did you wait though for? Customers you didn't like that gave you sass, and would you serve those burgers to them? Well, I mean, honestly, I didn't like any of the customers. So. Okay. No, I'm just, well, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly, there were times you felt so bad for people that were just pulling up and this were like, not good. I'm just here for lunch. And it's like, 
Oh, well, you're not going to like it. So. Yeah, oh, man, that's tough, man. Yeah, I I did not realize. I, I'm not saying that I'm totally shocked to hear this, but also you just you don't want to like you, you'd I like mean, to it's think Dairy that Queen. You, you didn't have you I mean you didn't hold their food, their food in high regard. It's not like I'm out here butchering McDonald's, Hardee's, Burger King, like places that are known for their fast food burgers. No one goes to Dairy Queen and says, you know what? I want a burger. Yeah, I guess you're right. But the blizzard, though. The blizzard's legit. Those oh, yeah, are man. not remade. Uh, thank you for that. And yes, it's all—it's the best fast food magic trick. It might be the only one, but it's also the best one when the person serving me that blizzard holds it upside down just to flex with the spoon still inside, having not fallen, even Fire. if you turn it over upside down. Best flex in the world. It's the best fast well, food it, flex of all time. It's also required. I remember I that we had a time where when they first started to make it a requirement, I mean, we, we actually had a meeting where we had to come in and sit down hour they're explaining to us the importance of why you need to flip the cup upside down i mean they 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 threatened to fire people if you didn't flip the cup upside down you're going to be costing us money yeah i absolutely love that and i i wow you're a horrible person i think it's important no i when i get a blizzard i want the full blizzard experience upside down right thick and i i think it tastes better if i see it upside down beforehand so i have no problem with the dq marketing department I think you absolutely should have been fired if you did not flip that thing upside down in front of me before serving it to me. Well, that's the reason Fitty got fired. So now do you feel better? Do you feel terrible? <laughs> it's really easy. God it's bless not, you. It's not like they're asking you to do the most complicated thing in the world. Okay? That wasn't the reason he got fired. Okay. They took an hour to explain, flip it over, flip it back, serve it. If you got fired, you might have, should have been fired, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. If you refuse to flip over the blizzard, then you might have deserved what's coming to you. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you. All right, now I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop criticizing DQ employees. Let's move on and let's talk about the Carolina Panthers ranking the rookie QBs. Joe Person of the Athletic talked about this a little bit with a couple of front office execs. How they would rank the rookie QBs so far? By the way, we've seen ten rookie quarterbacks start a game so far this season. That's the most we've had since 2019. We're getting a lot of injuries. We're seeing. DTR start for Cleveland instead of PJ Walker, Tommy DeVito, uh, you know, of all the Syracuse QBs that I've seen over the last decade, I did not expect Tommy DeVito to be a guy that starts in an NFL game, but here he is. And he's doing so for Flounders, New York Giants. I apologize. Bryce Young rated higher than Tommy DeVito on this list, Yay. which he should be, but he comes in at number three, CJ Stroud, easily number one. And Anthony Richardson comes in at number two, despite only playing not even a quarter of the season and then being out for the rest of the year because of a shoulder injury. And that guy got injured every single game. But it goes to show you just how down some of the execs are on the number one overall pick. We have some Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark audio to get to to discuss really just how bad things have gotten. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky actually talked a little bit about how this is the advice he would give to Bryce Young on how to get better because things have gotten so bad here in Carolina. Here he is talking about that with Kevin Clark on Kevin Clark of the Ringers podcast. Yeah, one, you start to doubt everything. You start to doubt, can, can like, are, were you worthy of the pick? Are you really good enough? Right. Can, you, can you play in the league? You start to doubt the people around you. 
you know, is, was this a good place for me? Is this the right coach? Are these the right guys? So like doubt cons and, and it, it's like this suffocating feeling and it happens so quickly where you're, I remember, you know, playing and being like, Oh my gosh, dude. And I knew it was bad around me, but then you start to be like, maybe I can't make that throw or, Right. And then the second thing is you start to think of, and it's almost like you become a child again. What's the bad stuff that can happen? Like you'll get the right. play call or you'll, you'll be in this situation like, uh, well, you know, okay, can't throw a pick here. You know, and you'll be like, what? it's third and three in the first quarter. Why am I thinking about the bad <laughs> stuff? You, you kind of like start because you're so used to all the bad happening. And, and then I, I think the last thing is like, you've just become so fearful of being um, you become so fearful of making mistakes. You're just, yeah. you no longer are obsessed with making the right choice. You make good choices. I just you know, throw it away or no, but no, the right choice is for you to try to throw that ball into that window. I think we're seeing that unfold right in front of us, to be honest with you. When we saw Bryce Young perform this season, I didn't watch him and think, man, he's making a lot of terrible decisions. We saw the bad decisions against Jesse Bates with those two interceptions that he had at the beginning of the season. But, and then we saw it against the Lions. We saw it against uh, Aiden Hutchinson when he made a great play, but that's something you just got to dirt, man. Like, the, you don't you don't throw that pass. I'm not saying he is without bad decisions. Every QB is with bad decisions somewhere in a game, even in a good one, right? Here we are talking about Dak Prescott killing it. He had an awful interception in this last game, but that would be silly to focus on that one interception when there are so many other good plays to choose from. We're running out of the good place for Bryce Young right now. And that's the problem. Having him make poor decision after poor decision on top of a bad offensive line that it's almost a trick chicken or the egg type of thing. What's happening first? Well, for us, I think you're seeing the offensive line happen first, allow pressure. Then Bryce Young makes the bad mistake but if he survives the pressure from the offensive line, then he has to throw it to a wide receiver that probably doesn't have separation. The only guy that you can throw it to, most likely, is going to be Adam Thielen, who's at most 7-10 yards past the line of scrimmage. So this offense is not set up for Bryce Young to succeed. The problem is now, what Bryce Young is doing is making a bad situation worse with some of his play. I don't think that was true for a lot of the games that we saw up until Indianapolis when everything started to fall off a cliff. Everything. Because against Houston, he was playing well. People like to point out, well, they only scored 15 points. Yeah, I'm not saying he looked like Kurt Warner with Isaac Bruce out there, but I think that was the best game that we had seen. We started to see him play out of structure. Avoid pressure. Throw it downfield. Be accurate. In the first part of the season, I didn't see him make Awful decision after awful decision. It was the defense for him in the preseason when the offense looked terrible and they gave us signs like, hey, I know what y'all thought. The way that this preseason is going, this is what you can expect. Even then, my question was, what did you want Bryce Young to do any better? And it was often crickets. Unless it was grow five inches, it was often crickets. Thank you, Fitty. <laughs> it was often that that we got on the text line. Now it's not. Now we are seeing bad decisions at a higher frequency against Indianapolis, and we're seeing it at a higher frequency, certainly in the Chicago game. On short rest, man, like a Thursday night football game after that performance against Indianapolis, it was a perfect storm. That that is a time where you need all of the game time, all of the the rest time in the world to go back and watch. Ooh, I so I shouldn't throw that. Okay. If pressure is coming up the middle, 
this is not how I should react. But you only had three days to learn against Chicago with a coaching staff, by the way, except for Ajero Averro, who hasn't shown that they are able to get the best out of Bryce right now. Seeing the bad decisions is what worries me a lot, Fiddy, and I think you're hearing it there from Dan Orlovsky as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like Bryce Young has hit a NFL buzzsaw, and I think the thing is, is I think it started, honestly, in the preseason. You go back, what was his first ever snap in the NFL? He melted to the ground because pressure was there immediately. His first ever snap, and what does his head coach say in the postgame press conference? That was a welcome to the NFL type of moment, and then it was, I didn't put my quarterback, and I didn't put my guys in a position to succeed, and that's been the case. It, look, Remember how much emphasis we put on the preseason finale against Detroit about it looking good. Like, I mean, you, you, you put a lot of, when we're doing our game day dubs, you need to see something, because up to that point, we were led to believe, crap, maybe this isn't going to change into the regular season. And so far it hasn't. And, you know, we, we talk about, you look at these places that are our quarterback killers, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Detroit, before they got Stafford. Um, some of these places where quarterbacks go to die, they die in their rookie seasons and they never recover. You don't want that to be Bryce Young. And unless something changes, that's on the table for him. I want to play the other Dan Orlovsky soundbite with three things that he has about the team being evaluated. And Dan Orlovsky, having some of that audio, for me, I, well, we won't go to the soundbite, but he did discuss just a few of the things that are hurting Bryce Young right now, how you question everything where you don't feel comfortable, you don't know if the wide receiver is going to get open, you don't know if your offensive line is going to protect for you, and so that's a problem. And now you're starting to question yourself. It's all mental that Dan Orlovsky is worried about with him. And this is, so what this goes to is now, it's not like an X's and O's thing. I, I wish so badly that we could discuss a lot of the X's and O's as to why Bryce Young isn't playing well, or this is how he can improve a lot going forward. But now Dan Orlovsky is just, worried about Bryce Young being mentally broken. And I can understand all of that. That points to a bad reputation the Panthers are developing right in front of us. You hear it all the time with the Charlotte Hornets, to be honest with you. When you go to a national NBA podcast, whether it be Zach Lowe, whether it be Bill Simmons, more often than not, they're going to go to a situation or an example of, hey, it's not like we're talking about example A, example B. We're talking about a good team here. And so often, that example is the Charlotte Hornets. Like They catch strays all the time, and it's because of their reputation. Zach Lowe mentioned it when they were going down the rookie ladder in the NBA. They know, we got to have this guy on to talk about the Orlandos and the Charlottes of the world. You hear it all the time with the Hornets. The Panthers did not used to have that reputation. Not at all. But now we're worried about, are, are you telling me that now we're the team that is going to ruin the young QB that they selected with the top five selection? <gasps> now we're that team? With the all-star coaching staff you put together? It's not the Raiders anymore? Is it not the Jets anymore? Is it not the Texans? Now we're the team that you're worried about ruining the QB. We're the team that you don't want your favorite college quarterback to go to because you want them to have the best chance to succeed, and that doesn't exist in Charlotte, North Carolina. Whether you believe that or not, that's what the national NFL pundits are saying, and it's hard to disagree with them right now. What can I go to? What pie chart can I point to and say, this is why you're wrong? All the evidence suggests that they're right. 
This is the problem that we have that reputation. David Tepper can't be happy with it. The problem is, I don't know if he knows how to fix it right now. It doesn't mean that he won't learn. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care. There are people that have criticized David Tepper for not caring. I do think he wants to win. I just don't think he knows how right now. He thought it was spending a whole bunch of money on coaches. I don't even know if I disagree with that. I would like for him to spend money on all of the best coaches that you can possibly get. But there's still something there that doesn't allow these guys to thrive. Whether it be GM, head coach, the different coaching regime, a different GM making the decisions. No matter who you've had in the past six years since David Tepper has taken over ownership, there hasn't been anything to fix the trajectory of the squad. And that's what hurts his Panthers fans. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We'll continue to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Shroppy, he was in here at the beginning of the show. We're going to bring him back. It's time for Shrop's props. Fitty's going to play for West this time. Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker back, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks to Fiddy for manning the co-captain chair. Wes Bryant going to be the color analyst for the Duke-Virginia game this weekend. Instead of doing the sideline thing, going to be in the booth. So really cool to see Wes Bryant. I believe this is going to be his first time doing that at that level, if I'm not mistaken. So big shout, whether it's his first, whether it's his 10th, big shout to Wes Bryant. Also, big shout to Shroppy joining us in studio today. Shroppy asked me to retweet one of his polls that he put out there. Go follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter (laughs) handle here, Shroppy? Shroppy WFNZ. All right, go follow him on Twitter, at Shroppy WFNZ. He's got a poll out there. I have not pulled it up yet myself, but uh, I will, and then I will vote on it as well, and maybe even retweet it. You haven't polled it. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Shroppy. I appreciate that. Time now to go to Shroppy's Proppies. Just a little recap from last week. You guys still only differed on one of the picks last week. It was the Miles Sanders rush attempts. It was set at six and a half. Walker, you went with the over. Yeah. Wes had the under. The under hit as he only had two attempts for negative five yards. All right. So, by the way, the rules are now Fiddy is playing for Wes. Mm. So, it's a 3-2 record overall. Since we've been doing Shrops Pops, the debut was when we were out at the racetrack. And so, now I am up only by one. Had a chance to extend the lead. That didn't happen. Fiddy is going to take over for Wes. What's the first prop of the day? All right. And this is also perfect, too. This is the one that he's picking because it's the Cowboys. And we all know how much of an annoying fan Fiddy is of the Cowboys. Call him out. Mm. All Cowboys fans are annoying, okay? Let's be honest. So the first one we're starting off with here is DJ Chark, 25 and a half reception yards. 
Yeah, um, I think 26, 23, and 9. Those are the totals that he's put up the last three games. Miami, Houston, and Indianapolis. I'm going to go with the under. I have. I mean, he's barely been right there at 25 receiving yards the last three. Earlier in the season, there was a better chance of him po- posting those numbers. Only 15 against the Saints, but then 86 against Seattle, 28, 42, 26. 23-9 the last three. They just haven't been involving him nearly as much in the offense. I'm going to take the under on DJ Chark's receiving total. I think Dallas can take away Adam Thielen as, as well as any defense has so far this season. No Hayden Hurst on the field on Sunday. Give me the slight over. I think he gets Ooh. in the 30-something yard range. All right. I Problem like is it. with Hayden Hurst off the field, it's going to be basically the same production that he's been giving us anyway, even yep. when he's on the field. Yep. Mm. That's, That's also okay. a good point. That's Sorry. a good point. Sorry to Hayden Hurst. What's the next <laughs> one? Next one we have is Bryce Young. Set at 203 and a half combined yards. You want to go first on this one, Fitty? 203 and a half combined. Give give me the over because I think A, he'll play the whole game, and I think the game will be out of hand early enough to where they just start dinking and dunking, and they move the ball up and down the field. So give me the over. I've gone with the over pretty much every time we've done this for Bryce. And it's helped me out, except for, I believe, the last game when I took the over. And that was the first time that he did not hit the over. I'm going to take the under. I'm just so scared of this Dallas defensive line against this offensive line. Like what? I'm afraid that Bryce Young, if he doesn't have enough time to throw it downfield against the Bears and the Colts, then why should I think that he's going to do that against Dallas with a better secondary, with really good cornerbacks on either side, despite losing Trayvon Diggs? I mean, you've had some great cornerback play. We know how good that team is. They've got the the highest, I think, ranking duo when it comes to pass rush win rate with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. I'm going to take the under. I, I hope he proves me wrong, but I'm taking the under. We're two for two with you guys choosing differently this week. I love it. I love it. So moving on, we have Adam Thielen. 56 and a half reception yards. I'm going to take the under on this one, too. Mm. At Thielen, not off, you know, not going uh, off like he did the last three games. So 72 yards against Houston, 29 against Indianapolis, 42 against Chicago. So he was, Wes would tell you, he was on pace for like 1,400 yards. That's dwindled down quite a bit. Only 140 receiving yards the last three games. Still piling up on the receptions for the most part. He still is clearly the number one target. But he had posted three 100-yard games and nothing less than 54 outside of Atlanta. Now he's only reached 54 the one time, and that was against Houston. I think he goes under again. I, I just I don't know if I can trust this offense, yeah, even despite Frank Reich taking control of play-calling duties again. I had DJ Chark kidding me over. Over because of the way I think Dallas will take away Adam Thielen. I'm with the tall man. Give me the under for Adam Thielen. Under 56 and a half reception yards. All righty, all righty. So now we're moving to the other team here where you have some props for the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb, six and a half receptions. I can't tell you enough to hit the over, over, over. He's had 10 receptions or more in three straight games while having 150 receiving yards. In those games, that's an NFL record. No J.C. Horn. Mike McCarthy, when he's not calling the bad plays, knows how to get the football in his best player's hands. That's number 88. Another big day for C.D. Lamb. I'm going to go with the over, too. I thought this was going to be real easy. But then I thought, well, you know, this might be the game that they unleashed Tony Pollard. It's been a while. He's also on this list, so I won't ruin that prop. 
But I do think that C.D. Lamb is still going to be able to get seven receptions. That's certainly doable for a guy that's reached double-digit receptions in each of the last three games. No J.C. Horn, which means you're still rolling with the same secondary. I like what Troy Hill's done in limited spots this year, playing a decent amount because of injuries even as the year's gone on. C.D. Lamb is different, though. So, yeah, I'm going to hit the over on uh, as well. So we're actually going to Tony Pollard next, but an absolute stinker on my fantasy team. But his line for this game is 67 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, if you look at the totals for him, I mean, you're right, Troppy. I have him as well. I thought he was going to have a monster season. Hasn't received a ton of carries. 11, 8, 15, 12, 12, 15. That was after, after he ran for over 100 against Arizona. The rushing totals have been 47, 29, 30, 53, 51, 55. So this over, it's actually more than what he's been able to hit in the last six weeks of the NFL season. With all that being said, that's not going to continue. I do think Tony Pollard reaches at least 70 rushing yards in this game. I I do think that Mike McCarthy, despite throwing it a ton, I do think that they're going to try to establish the run a little bit more so with Tony Pollard. And it's the Panthers' biggest weakness, no doubt. I do think that Mike McCarthy is going to take that into consideration. Tony Pollard helps you out, Shroppy. He gives you 70 rushing yards. I like it. Yeah, no, hit the under on this. Dallas Mm. mis-evaluated, trying to make him running back number one. That's not what he is. He's a change in pace back. Uh, I advocate for Rico Dowdle to get more carries more often than not going into these types of games. So give me the under for TP20. All right, and then we have time for one more? We sure do. Last one. All right, we're going to go to some round ball here. LaMelo ball, six and a half rebounds tonight versus the Bucks. Mm. I'm going to go with the over. Okay. LaMelo ball, really good rebounding point guard. They're going to need some help, especially if Mark Williams is. I mean, he comes and goes when it comes to his rebounding totals. Give me the over on LaMelo Ball, especially with some of the injuries that they have. Miles Bridges expected to come back. We'll talk about that in a moment. On the court, Miles is actually a really good rebounder. Maybe that affects his numbers, but I'll still take the over for LaMelo. I wanted to say the over because these players care a whole lot more about these in-season tournament games than the non-in-season tournament games. I think there's, I think I think Charlotte gets blown out tonight. Not a lot of big minutes for Melo. Give me the under. How many did we agree on? Only two, right? You guys agreed on, yeah, two. I was about to say, very different than I me like and it. West. Usually we agree on all of them, but one. Me and Fitty. Can't we all just get along? Nope, we can't, Jeff. We disagree. <laughs> that sound bank grows bigger and bigger every single day. I have no clue how you have so many of it. All right, that'll do it for Shrops Props. Appreciate Shroppy. For hopping in the studio, make sure you go check him out on Twitter, Shroppy WFNZ. He's got a really impressive poll out there. Make sure you vote <laughs> on it, and then make sure you retweet it as well. Coming up, we have more college conversation, more Panthers-Cowboys history convo, but we also need to discuss a little more about the Charlotte Hornets at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.